We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good? Lucky Lucky Podcast. Your boy, Sean Davis. The Nora boys are back. Happy New Year to everyone out there. In the Notre Dame fan base, LL Nation, IB Nation, however you're connected to the Lucky Lucky Podcast, we greatly appreciate you. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. You already know we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Left is, I don't know what Left is doing, man. He, he came in, he jumped out. I think he's having some issues with his computer right now trying to get things uh, set and in order so we can have a wonderful show, man. It is the first Lucky Lefty podcast of the year, and we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, we had a discussion on yesterday, and we felt like, you know what, let's talk about what we learned about Notre Dame and what Notre Dame needs to do from the CFP. What did we learn? about Notre Dame and what Notre Dame needs to do from the CFP semifinals that took place on New Year's Eve. Two fantastic games. I can't wait for left to come in, break down some things we talked about yesterday. But the LL question of the day. 
We want to know, how are you guys doing out there? What's the biggest change you're going to make to your life? What's the biggest change you're going to make to your life? We're all about positivity right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. As always, everyone is in our prayers and in our thoughts. You, not only you, but your families. We're just interested in knowing what are you guys going to lock in on and add to your life or change about your life in 2023? LL question of the day. All right. So after we talk about that, then we're going to get some nice audio from Marcus Freeman in this press conference. And um, to say the least, I was very much um, impressed with not only what I saw towards the end of that game, but also what I was able to hear Marcus Freeman talk about in his press conference. I thought he was very succinct. I thought the things he said at the beginning of the year that a lot of people took issue with as the season played out, you know, you came to realize like, okay, he was being very transparent and honest, and he's a man of his word. What he said day one, He's saying still right now. And, you know, that's the type of head coach, the type of leader that you want. I will say this, though. One of the things he mentioned in the press conference was the bumpy road. And uh, my grandfather used to say something left. Anytime I had a problem, my grandfather would tell me, man, did you learn anything? And I would be like, what? He's like, did you learn anything? I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. Is that good? Because if you learn something, all you had was a situation. You'll never have a problem. There you go. So this 2022 thing, this 22 season for Notre Dame, as long as Marcus Freeman, the coaching staff, the recruiting staff, the support staff, and the players learn something, we shouldn't have any problems moving forward in 23. If we see the same things popping up in 23, then we got a problem. So let's hope in this offseason that they've learned something and they keep everything that happened in 2022 to merely being just a situation at Notre Dame. Yeah, we want to leave the bad behind us and definitely move forward and, and have a, a new challenge ahead of us. Like you said, uh, it's about situations, not problems. And I think uh, one of the situations we had was a quarterback situation, and we handled it. So I like the trend in us handling situations and having a plan for it so far. Now let's do it for our D-line and get somebody uh, huge and up front. Yeah, they're going after they offered a kid from Utah State, by the way, which, you know, I actually watched Utah State versus BYU uh, in preparation for the Notre Dame-BYU matchup out in Las Vegas. And I didn't know Utah State defense had led the nation the previous year in 21 with quarterback pressures and sacks. You know, their style, they play a, a very unorthodox stand-up. Everybody stand up at the defensive line, a line of scrimmage style of defense, and they move around a lot. So it would be very interesting to see. And I, uh, we'll get to that later on in the show. But the first thing, first segment we're going to talk about left, what did we learn? about Notre Dame. What did we learn about Notre Dame from the CFP semifinals? Can I get you point number one left? 
your quarterback has to be resilient. Yes. In these games, these big-time games, your quarterback has to be able to handle the ups and downs of that particular game. And I think we saw that evidence by all four quarterbacks in some way, form, or fashion. Each one of them had to battle back. Each one of them had to be in tough situations where the quarterback had to be the best one on the field. And each one of them had moments. And I think uh, those games were definitely played by the best quarterbacks in the country at this time. Number two. You're going to have to put up some points to win a championship, bro. And you know why? You're giving really good offenses and really good coaches over a month to prepare for you. Yeah. That's – it's really kind of unfair for the defense rather than having like three or four days in a week to prepare for a defense and a team. When you give good players and good coaches over a month, this is what you're going to continue to get. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of uh, really well thought out game plans where you're like, is there, are they playing any defense? Yes, they just have really good game plans against it. So. And the expansion is going to change that a little bit because now the week-to-week model is going to be give you a shorter time. You won't be able to, to just spend all that time preparing for one team now you have to prepare for the matchup, even if you're in the top four. You get the bye week, but you got like maybe two weeks, right, to prepare rather than the usual time that you're going to have. So it should be interesting. It should cut down on that. Maybe defense will become more prevalent in these games, but I think moving forward, once you get to that national championship and the semifinals, you're going to have to put up minimum 40 points. At minimum. least. At least. And if you can't put up 40 points against good teams, yeah. Now, I might be petty with this third point, love. You got to play somebody. You got to play somebody. And I saw a clip that someone pulled that was an obvious, uh, was on the TCU staff. I forget her name. I retweeted it. And I apologize for not knowing her name right now. I retweeted it, and she basically posted a clip of uh, Mad Dog, Stephen A., in the mouth of the South, fine bomb, talking about how Michigan was going to demolish TCU because TCU didn't play anybody in the Big 12, right? And she called them clowns. And I retweeted and I said, well, they, they actually make a great point because Michigan didn't play anybody. I think they just picked the wrong team. To put that because Michigan didn't play anybody all year, and the two teams that they played, they got they got smacked. Now they came back, yeah. But we can be real. TCU for the majority of the game was smacking Michigan. Great comeback, resilient team, show great heart. They were smacking you know, Michigan the whole time. The whole time, TCU was the most physical team. See, that's why you have to play people. That's why you have to play people. Right? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Not the last two. I'm I'm tripping. I was I was already preparing my Ohio State stuff when I said the last two games. I'm yeah, sorry. I yeah. misspoke. Tried to be physical, but this goes to preparation too. Typically, Captain Sonny Dykes and his staff. Tremendous job 
tremendous job, especially early on. You know, the linebackers did not allow Michigan's offensive line to get to the second level. As soon as they saw yeah. a crease, they went through. They came downhill, and they were very disruptive early, very disruptive early. And when I saw Michigan go to the flea flicker early, I said, oh, yeah, yeah. They're going in the trick bag already? Okay. It's it's a problem. Isn't it amazing to see another – they felt mm-hmm. outdated in their adjustments, running a Philly special, yeah. running a flea flicker early. I'm like, are you guys in 2016 or what? You know, the, yeah. the, the plays that you got to get people with nowadays is some creative stuff that you see from Texas Tech, you see from a, a, a TCU, you see from a USC. Michigan, you know, they're so traditional in their play calling that their non-traditional plays are obvious. You know, so waste of time to watch. I knew they didn't really stand a chance. Uh, if they couldn't out-physical this team, and TCU got the message, and they responded well. Yeah, they absolutely responded well. So you got to play somebody, right? Saw a Michigan fan, you know, talking about Notre Dame needs to uh, jump in a conference. And I asked him, I said, um, we play USC, Clemson, and Ohio State next year. Give me your tough games. I said, I'll wait. You go look at your Big Ten schedule. Give me your three toughest games. Yeah. I'll wait. And then you tell me why it's so important for us to be in a, a conference. Like, Because obviously the Big Ten didn't get you ready. No. Did they get you ready for that semifinal? So why should we come and get the same preparation? For what? That's a step down, in my opinion, left from a schedule standpoint. No, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Number four, as much as you got to put up points in the biggest moments, it's going to come down to your defense getting stops. Yeah. So you can talk about offense, points, offense. Defense getting stops. That's why Ohio, Ohio State is sitting at home. That's why I stay sitting at home, absolutely. That's, that's why they're sitting at home. If your defense can't get stops, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, they played a great game. They played a great game. Really, the third quarter is the best. That pocket in the third quarter is when the Ohio State defense stepped up. Yeah. So you can say either their defense stepped up or Stetson Bennett was playing really bad at that point, combination of the two, whatever it was. All I know is they were up 14 points in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes left, and they lost. And they lost. They lost. So, you know, I, I don't like place kickers anyway. I, I just dislike when you have two teams battle like that and it comes down to a kick. It's just not fair. But it is what it is. Fifth, coaching left. You got to have good coaching, bro. You got to have good coaching. Kirby, smart. 
had two of the best timeouts in a big game that I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Timing of those timeouts were were definitely legendary, definitely game-impacting and game-changing. That was crazy. Yeah. So Ice and the kicker. And the one that stopped the fake punt. Yeah. was basically that, man. It was tremendous. I looked at it at first in re-watching the game. I questioned why he went for the field goal for his first points of the fourth quarter. Like, man, what is he doing? Like, and he stayed, I think it was right under 10 minutes left when he kicked the field goal. And then I looked at the down and distance because that's when, that was like right after Stetson Bennett had thrown that horrible swing pass to Lad McConkey. I don't know what he was doing on that play. <laughs> Matter of fact, that was one of the most questionable play calls by Todd Munkin all night, my estimation. Which, yeah. It, it, dude, can I add this? Because I never had this had this down. Hey, man. You got to come with something different to win a national championship. That cat, Todd Munkin, look, Todd Munkin sets things up. You can see it, man. He set that stuff up down the middle of the field all night. For the first all three night. quarters, primarily, they were running crossers. They were running slot fades. And they were running deep ends. That's what they were primarily doing, right? And those were the throws that started to get batted down in the third quarter in key situations because they were successful with it. Man, they had six. You got to have some variety. I thought, you realize Georgia, bro, which ties directly into Notre Dame. Georgia loves to run the ball just like Notre Dame. Yep. They want to be physical. Not tight ends, bro. Not counting the tight ends. He completed passes to six different wide receivers, bro. Wow. Not counting the tight ends. Six receivers. Six. You have to have variety in your passing game. It cannot be centric. They lost one of their big tight ends in the second quarter. Yep. They had... The winning touchdown went to a guy that it only came back because he was able to get healthy during bowl preparation. He catches the winning touchdown. Kier Jackson, injured last year, comes back. He's mostly the special teams guy. Catches the big catch down the seam on that last drive. The, the true freshman, Harris, catches, he man. He twisted Ransom into the ground. Twisted him into the ground on that 75-yard touchdown. A 77-yard touchdown. Yeah. They caught a holding. Dude, look. True freshman. Fourth quarter. You got four and Burton, the transfer from Georgia. All of those four guys caught passes as wide receivers in the fourth quarter. You got to have some variety, man. It was the same thing with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud hit five different receivers. Five different receivers throughout the night. They, you have still, to have have, variety. they still have Marvin Harrison going. Yes. You have to have variety in the passing game, man. It cannot be. And this goes to what we need to see from Notre Dame in the passing game. Yes, the, the wide receiver room was short on numbers. 
Uh, it's been short on numbers for like the previous two seasons. We know the defections. We know the transfers out. We know the recruiting wasn't really there. They have five coming in with the four-man class in 23. Caleb Smith, the transfer from Virginia Tech, you have five receivers coming in into a room that has a lot of guys staying, unless we hear different in the next coming of the few weeks, or the next coming days. You have to have five or six of those guys as playmakers, man. Like five or six of those yeah. guys have to make plays consistently on Saturdays in order for this offense to be ready to win a national championship. That's right. So, And, and I think we're building that depth in that receiver room we have right now. And I think what Deion Cozley said uh, back during uh, a week ago, uh, talking about the receivers being hungry, I think that receiver room hunger is going to grow with the addition of these young guys coming in that have the idea that they're getting in some time next year. We should promote the room to be more competitive. Chancey Stuckey should be coaching his butt off, having guys ready to go because we know from watching the bowl game, Tyler Buckner's going to sling it downfield, give guys chances. It may not be as often as it as it can be, but it's more often than it was. And I think this is going to give uh, the green light not only to the quarterback room, but to the receiver room. That If you get open, you know, we can light it up on the scoreboard at the receiver position as well. Absolutely. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Lucky Lefty Podcast, we appreciate you. Hit that like button. Hit the notification bell. Every time we go live or post something, you'll get that notification and know to come check out what we're doing. CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, once again, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Great content. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We greatly appreciate you. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. So we went through those things and we came up with seven things that we learned. Now let's really connect the dots to Notre Dame to see if they have that in place left or if it's something that needs to happen. I guess we just handled the variety of the quarterbacks in the past. I mean, the wide receivers in the passing game. So let's go back to number one. Your quarterback has to be able to handle adversity and be resilient. Based upon the Gator Bowl, regardless of who comes in via the transfer portal, Tyler Buckner kind of, in a way, kind of answered that, did he not? Tyler Buckner definitely answered that he deserves to be in that quarterback room and, and can lead a team uh, to a lot of wins. The question where we are as a team, as a program, is can he win those two big games? And right now I just think he needs a season to get some of that polishing in. Uh, I think he's he shows an array and a different variety of ability and talent that you want from a quarterback that can win the big games. I just think that, uh, you know, being a little too careless with the football is not what you're looking for all the way. You look at Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, even though they lost, he had four touchdowns and zero turnovers. So even with zero turnovers, you put yourself in position to win, even though they didn't come out with the victory. You still need to have zero turnovers in order to have a chance. And having three and two pick sixes in it are not game-winning uh, type of stats. So I do believe he has the uh, capability with a lot of upside 
that he can get um, the job done on a high elite level. But I do think that uh, bringing a guy in, hopefully like Sam Hartman, uh, could be the polish that we're looking for to win now and then have Tyler or maybe even Kenny Mitchie in the future. And to just add to that before we get to point number two and how that connects to Notre Dame, only one of the quarterbacks didn't turn the ball over, and that was C.J. Stroud. Every other quarterback turned the ball over. So you have to be resilient. Like, it was a bad interception by Duggan, and then he had one that was, yeah, the receiver should have caught the ball, got popped up in the air. Wow. How about this? Another quarterback in a big bowl game throws two pick sixes? Oh, I thought Tyler was the only one that could do that. So, J.J. McCarthy did it. Like, things happen, man. You have to be resilient. The kid came back from it and got his team back in the game without the running game, leading the way for Michigan. You tip your cap, but that's part of being resilient and part of being a leader. Uh, dude, Stetson Bennett played some of the worst football I've seen him play in the middle of that game. Yeah, he definitely was revealing himself to be just an average guy uh, as behind a superstar team, especially a defense uh, but, you know, it was different. The defense wasn't able to be lights out as well as uh, it was last year, not because they couldn't be lights out, just because they were going to get the juggernaut and a quarterback that's going to be uh, top two drafted, you know, hopefully this year. So uh, Stetson Bennett showed that when he's against equal talent uh, with a defense that isn't, you know, giving you historic numbers, he's just a guy. And so I'm not surprised by it. I hope a lot of fans can see between the lines that he is just a dude. You got to think him on another level playing against, you know, top talent every every week uh, in the NFL, you know, a Kyler Murray one week, and then you get a Matt Stafford next week. You know, these are matchups where the other team's quarterback is pretty solid too. And those are – and unfortunately, unfortunately, those are the moments where you get to see the authentic, true Stetson Bennett. But, you know, he was still able to have some good moments and put himself in good company, being able to be one of three quarterbacks that go back to back with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson being in there, too. And to people that differentiate, man, be better. Stop. Don't be that weak. And I don't care who you're playing. Quarterback shouldn't throw two pick sixes. I don't care if they're playing at the local park, period. If we want to talk about the pick sixes, one was a tip pass for Tyler. Both of J.J. McCarthy's were absolutely ridiculous. He threw the ball right to the linebacker, looking dead in his face. And he knows, look, your arm is not good enough to make that throw from the opposite hash. It's the same thing we say about Tyler Buckner. Stop throwing these out routes from the opposite hash. You're not that dude. Unless you're heavily an anticipatory quarterback like Drew Brees that's throwing the ball before the dude gets out of his break. Stop. Stop. Competition doesn't mean anything. They were bad decisions by both players. But I just thought, you know, the way people react to Tyler Buckner, I just thought no other quarterback has ever done that, especially the guy coming in the transfer portal that did the same thing. 
in this regular season. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top, and that's what you learn from these playoff games is that the best players at the best team come out on top, which is why I think the playoff schedule that is coming out with the how they're doing week to week is pretty good because now we get to see what teams look like under stress to see who can be the best team. So maybe you see some upsets with teams that you feel like should win on an easy Sunday breeze with a month to advance or a month to prepare. Now I got to be stressed having back to backs like the NFL having a Thursday night and a Monday night and a Sunday night, you know. Right. Lucky Lucky Podcast. You got to put up 40 points. Now this goes to what we saw in the Gator Bowl. Um, something that you can touch on left as an OC, right? Um, as an OC, how limiting is your create how limited is your creativity based on, upon the quarterback? Uh, you know, the quarterback determines a lot of what you can do from a variety of different uh, styles of what he's comfortable with. Some quarterbacks aren't great under center. Some are great in shotgun. Some are great rolling out. Some are great, you know, play action and different things like that. So you got to find what the quarterback's really good at, and then you, then you, you base it off of that and then sprawl from that and find different creative ways to find the same type of movement or same – type of throws or things that they can do well in a different variety. So, uh, you know, with a dynamic quarterback, for instance, like Bryce, you know, you can just start going, paint anywhere. But with a guy like, you know, especially early on, like uh, Tyler Buckner, you want to be able to find, okay, he's really good at running. How can I mix that with the play action? How can I mix that with the running backs we have? And there's so. Yeah. Not only do you have to do that, but your defense has to step up and make plays, right? We saw that in the Gator Bowl, right? In the second half, after struggling to line up early and confusion and, and allowing points, and Marcus Freeman said it. He said he told his team at halftime, the score should be 17 to 10. That should be the score. We should be up 17 to 10. Let's go out and do what we need to do to win this game. And they still were able to face adversity and come up with the victory 45-38 over South Carolina. But it was mainly because even though the offense played well and put up 45 points with the turnovers, they hit a lull. They hit a lull right there in that third quarter where they weren't able to really do anything in the second half. And Notre Dame's defense got three and outs on three of four series and kept things in check and kept South Carolina away from going up double digits. That was the ball game. Like we said, the defense has to, at some point, make plays and get stops to be able to win a championship or win a Gator Bowl like they were able to do last week. 100% defense played lights out in just the moments that we needed. Three back-to-back-to-back stops when the offense is struggling shows a lot of strength within where the team comes from. And that's when you draw that line, the defense is the one that's going to draw it. And making great plays like that came in handy for offense that just needed another startup. And having great field position with those three three and outs came in handy for Tyler Buckner, who was rusty but got on his feet and finished the game well. Don't forget Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. You already know we 
spin it different. And the way you do that is by tackling. Like, that's really, when you get these offenses that spread you out left, like, no one's about to try to run straight ahead against Georgia. No one's about to try and do that. You have to spread them out. You know, Alabama did it last year. Ohio State did it this year with a really good quarterback. That's the only way you really can take advantage of them where they're susceptible most of the time. That's in the secondary. You got to tackle. Like, eventually, Georgia had to tackle and put some pressure on the quarterback. That's what you do. And Notre Dame, you said it left. Eventually, we're going to have to put tremendous pressure on the quarterback at Notre Dame, and then we're going to have to be able to tackle in space at the linebacker position, and that's the secondary position. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Tackling in space is the momentum killer that you need on defense and to stress an offense out, especially that feels like they're gaining momentum throughout the game. Tackling open space is what helps the defense not only make stops and gives them the yardage on third down they need to make it longer, but also be able to take away some of the things that the offense is trying to call and haul to potentially grow from a five to a 15 yard play. Mm -hmm. So being able to be great and keen on that with guys like Xavier Watts, Tariq Gracie out there, your linebackers that can play well in space and get there in space like your young guys like Jalen Sneed and, uh, and, uh, and J.D. Bertrand, even though he's a vet, can make those type of plays, can also inspire the offense that, like, hey, the defense is playing their butt off, being able to make good plays and giving you another chance at it. What about coaching left? We talked about the impact of Kirby Smart. We talked about having the preparation. Ryan Day did a great job preparing for Georgia's defense. The great job. Like positioning Johnson in the backfield, him running that route up the middle against the linebacker for a touchdown. The other plays. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is just a beast. I don't know how much. You can call any route on the route tree for him. Yeah, he's pretty much going to do his thing. But I thought they did a tremendous job of knowing that they couldn't run but finding ways to get to the edge with the run game, supplement, keep Georgia off balance, and then going ahead and attacking them in space with their wide receivers and their quarterback. Coaching, Ryan Day, preparation, mm, end game. Once things got tight, not so much, especially getting down to the 32-yard line with about 29 seconds and not being able to gain another yard, actually getting pushed back and ended up leaving a 50-yarder for your field goal kicker. Those are questionable things that he'll be asked about in the days to come. But coaching comes up so big in these games. We know the players decided on the field, but there are really important times during the game where you see the importance of that in-game coaching. And Kirby Smart came up big in the fourth quarter. How do you think that sits with Marcus Freeman and his development moving forward as a head coach? Well, I think a lot of that comes from experience. Kirby Smart's been in the moment before. He knows that those games are a little different and it comes to having moments like he did and knowing okay, there might be something that they're trying to pull off. Because he can, he knows and isn't afraid to acknowledge that he, they are the team to beat. So when you're the team to beat, you got to expect, you know, different nuances that teams that feel like underdogs, a.k.a. A Kansas State, was doing everything they can to score. And, and Alabama knew it. They're like, okay, they're going to try tricks. They're going to try everything. They're going to go for it. We just got to lock down and play a true 60 minutes of football because you can expect everything. But only teams that have been there before 
and, and know and who they are as an identity and a culture can understand that. I think Marcus Freeman took something from that and, and hopefully takes that into next season. A lucky lefty podcast. I would just say this in closing. I had to text my big bro during the uh, TC, TCU Michigan game. I said, I think I was the only one on Lucky Lucky Podcast when we had our guy, Coach Carl Reed, on that sat there and said, look, TCU is going to get him a game. I don't know why everybody thinks Michigan is just about to come in here and just knock them around. Uh, what did I say, Love? I said, they have won football games every type of way. That's they right. won, they, they blown, they've blown you out. They came back from big deficits. They won close defensive games. Every type of way you need to win a football game, TCU did it. They'll be ready. I said, Michigan, I don't know. Yeah, now, I, did, I didn't predict that TCU would win. I just said I knew Michigan wasn't about to run away with it. Yeah, the adversity that TCU was able to battle through and harden them and toughen them to be able to take on uh, height challenges like Michigan was. Michigan's just a front-running team, like I've said, all season. Mm-hmm. The running game was good against teams that weren't good. And then when they played Ohio State, who was faulty at the run game, and I think a little intimidated from last year's beatdown, showed that, okay, this is a team that is fortunate with their schedule, won the games they were supposed to, but aren't the same type of team as going into these playoffs that have been battle-tested, like a Max Dugan, and 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 TCU and how they've been constructed this year, so I do believe that the the makeup of a team matters as well going into the playoffs. Ohio State was was very well battle tested, had a lot of extra motivation and energy to get to the championship despite uh, everybody thinking they shouldn't be in and coming off an embarrassing loss versus their rival in Michigan, a CJ Stroud who hadn't beat Michigan in two years, coming with some more motivation. That's a team with a personality and a makeup that's going to give Georgia a little more than what they were expecting watching film. And I think a lot of that uh, showed, you know, Ohio State came out like they didn't give a darn who Georgia was, what they've done, and they played like it. It gave a lot of vibes of Bryce Young going against Georgia his first year where Georgia wasn't given the intimidation factor and had to play football and, and it was a real football game. Georgia looked like not an average team, but a team that was going against a team that was not afraid of them either. And when you're not afraid of a team like Georgia, you can see you can have chances to win because their quarterback isn't elite. Their quarterback is a, a, a player that is like the Wizard of Oz. You know, he sounds big and bad, but you look behind the curtain, he's just an average postman. And they call him the postman, but it's true. He's an average quarterback, but playing on the spectacular a team, but when you're not afraid, you can you can play them straight up and get down to the wire. Hopefully, have a chance to win. Yeah, he is not an NFL quarterback by any means, but I tip my cap to anybody in the biggest moments that performs. That that's tough. That's that's down fourteen. He, hey, but like you said, it's not like he doesn't have dudes around. That dude has some wide receivers. He has some tight ends. He has some running backs. He has a lot to work with. And if he just doesn't make mistakes, Georgia's going to beat just about every team in the nation. And honestly, 13 and a half points is a lot of points. I don't know if I would even pull the trigger on that bet. 
but Georgia basically beat Ohio State with a C game. Georgia, Georgia played a C game and beat Ohio State pretty much at their best. Yeah. yeah. That's scary because I don't anticipate Georgia playing a C game next Monday. TCU yeah. better bring it. TCU definitely. And I don't think it was an emotional win for TCU. They looked like they was pretty confident whooping them all game. That's that's but, who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So TCU is going to play well. I just know Georgia won't play as bad as they played against Ohio State. Yeah, Georgia needs to have that boost that they have from the national championship, the SEC game to the national championship, where they came in and played with their hair on fire against uh, their opponent the next time. But it's, it's going to be an interesting game. I think uh, one that I don't think the viewers expected to see TCU versus Georgia in the finals, but it's TCU's chance to to walk away with one because I don't think they'll be back next year. <laughs> and see, it's stuff like this, man. Do your homework, man. He said Georgia went to the portal for wide receivers. They went and got one. They don't have dudes everywhere. They had two true freshmen make impact plays. The dude with the 77-yard touchdown, true freshman. Runs a 10 flat in the 100 in high school, but they lack speed. Do your homework. AD caught a touchdown, big play against Michigan last year, got injured, hasn't played all year, comes back and makes another play. Sophomore. Stop, man. Stop. Stop thinking every big school goes and gets transfers. They have dudes on the outside. Dudes that just run past people against one of the best secondaries in the country, supposedly. Jim Knowles supposed to be, he's supposed to change everything, right? You saw yeah. the same Ohio State defense show up in the last two games. The same. You can scheme it up all you want to. When they go up against good competition, couldn't get it done. But you just said they lack speed. I did my homework. You said they lack speed. That means what you said was false. Yeah, Georgia never lacking speed or Thank style. you. That's a ridiculous statement. It's ridiculous. At first you say they wouldn't got transfers and they lack speed. We disproved that, and then you want to say, well, they only had two. You're wrong. Pack it up. Move on to the next discussion. Period. They needed a touchdown. They went to a true freshman that runs a 10 flat in high school. But they lack speed. Come on, man. Be better. Stop going at the low-hanging fruit narratives. CFB Nation, Irish Breakdown, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We appreciate everybody. Five stars. Leave it. Great comments. Man, we respond to all the comments on YouTube. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Subscribe. Like. Hit the share button. We appreciate you guys. You guys do so much for us. We love the chat. We keep it lit every day. LL question of the day. What are you guys going to do to bring positivity into your life in 2023? What's going to be the major change for you? We appreciate you. Left, what's going to be your big change this year? Man, I think it's just staying the same, you know, being consistent. I think growing the channel and the Lucky Lefty podcast is something we're looking forward to. But uh, learning a new skill and reading and reading some more books, man. I think the, the art of reading and writing is lacking with the more uh, 
finger tapping we're doing on the phone. So, man, I challenge everybody to read some books this year. Left, that's right up my alley. I actually was sitting in church yesterday and kind of got inspired and said I was going to, you know, I already read, but I said I was going to dig in a little bit deeper. Because the majority of my reading is along the lines of what I do with teaching and church. But I want to step outside and start getting into some other readings. I was I was huge into the Greek uh, mythology in high school because we had to do it for term papers and all of that stuff. So I kind of went down that road. But I really want to get into some of these, these new uh, writers, some of these contemporary writers that are putting out some good stuff. So, mm. like, yeah, put me on game. If you know a good book, Please put me on game because I'm looking forward to it. I'm a lover of information and knowledge, man, regardless of whether or not I agree with it. You know, that's that's why you read books to get information. There's always something you can pull from a literary piece the majority of the time, even even if you don't agree with the overall premise of the book. So I would agree with that. And then I'm going to continue. I've been on this uh, tremendous journey to just, you know, be healthy and do better along those lines. So I'm going to turn it up. I'm actually thinking about um, putting like a small little boxing part in my basement Mm. and just kind of like get into like a little bit of boxing for about 15, 20 minutes a day. Okay. Hitting the bag, some cardio, you know, because I I really tried to go to a gym left. I'm like, dude, I was thinking it was going to be like, Maybe 20 bucks a week, 30 bucks a week. Walked up in the gym. they like, membership is like 100. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. This is just to come in and use the gym? Yeah. That's not even counting, like, personal training. This is just coming. I'm like, nah. I can go buy some, some, some bags and put it in the basement and just swing yeah. as a <laughs> And, and you know it forces you to be creative, but that's the whole point, man. The yeah. be high for creativity of the mind, man. If yeah. you want to work out, you're gonna find a way to work out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, man, our prayers, positivity goes out to everyone. Notre Dame fan base, Lucky Lefty Podcast, LL Nation, everyone that taps in and has made this podcast a success. As we said on New Year's Day, eternal blessings and eternal favor. Upon you and your families, man. The best for, is yet to come for you. Absolutely. In 2023. So that that's that wraps up our discussion about what we learned in the CFP and how it connects to Notre Dame. We're getting ready to rock on. Don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFP Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. You already know. We spin it different. <laughs> What's good? Lucky Lucky Podcast. Your boy, Sean Davis. The Nora Boys are back. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.